a good one and a, and a not good one and sometimes the, the definition of good can vary it could be that the movie is, is actually enjoyable but was a, a failure at the box office or critically a failure at the time it came out and a good movie could be something that's not as good but was actually super successful at the box office or was critically acclaimed at the time and then kind of and kind of faded over time like as george said titanic now in this case uh, our two movies are do kind of fit their descriptions fairly well in terms of bad Pretty movie, well. good movie. Uh, George, tell us what the good movie is. Uh, the good movie is 1939's The Wizard of Oz. And then the bad movie is, what's it, 1987's? I believe. 83? 84? 85? 85's. One of the 80s. <laughs> it is 1985's. That's the one thing I didn't write down. Again, Makes mark sense. that down on your notebook as a failure. Yep. Uh, 19... 85's Return to Oz. So our good movie, The Wizard of Oz. What do you wanna you wanna introduce us? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take over from here. I I'm not sure why we picked these. I think Return to Oz has been kind of buzzing a bit because people have this Disney Plus service, and, and uh, I think some parents want a little bit of negativity uh, with all the other. Um, cartoon stuff that they're having to see on a regular basis and this fits. So, hey, Wizard of Oz, one of the greatest films of all time and one of the most acclaimed films of all time. Some studies say that it's maybe the most watched film of all time because of all the different TV presentations and video presentations and re-releases. Um, so, yeah, and I think that uh, in this really increasingly bizarre time, uh, it's nice to have a little bit of a wonder. I think uh, I think we can all use it. So, Wizard of Oz, um, starring uh, Dame Judy Garland, and uh, it, we said came out in 1939. Uh, was up for a few Oscars, only won two of them. 
Uh, probably would have won more Oscars had it not been released the same year as Gone with the Wind. A uh, bit of trivia. The original director of uh, Wizard of Oz, Victor Fleming, was pulled away to become the full-time director of Gone with the Wind. Uh, he was replaced by King Vidor. Vidor? I never know how to say that. That's There's my demerit. There we go. Yep, yep. Keep it a tally. Um, but this did win two Oscars for the original score and the song uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, or is it Over the Rainbow? Jeez, we're not... Oh, this is... I think... Boy, it's not like this is a new movie. It's not like this is... <laughs> I think First time both, I've seen it. I think both are acceptable, surely, mm-hmm. but I think it might be over the rainbow. Let's yeah. let's look it up. Over the rainbow lyrics. There now, we go. Over the rainbow. rainbow. Over the rainbow is is the official yeah. title. So when I said somewhere, I meant parentheticals that are not actually part of the song title. There we go. Fixed it. So, um, another fun fact: the song "Over the Rainbow" was almost cut out of this movie completely. Originally it appeared twice. The second time while, um, spoiler alert, um, Dorothy is in the witch's castle. Um, and they thought it was maybe too somber, too sad. And apparently Judy Garland and the crew all cried uh, while she performed the song. Uh, the first time you hear the song is in the beginning of the Kansas sequence. And um, some of the producers thought like, yeah, this maybe uh, makes that Kansas sequence too long. and. Maybe it's kind of uh, disrespectful for Judy Garland to, to do a song in a barnyard or, you know, other really, really great ideas that can only come from studio heads. Uh, luckily, um, the song Remain of the Film is one of the greatest songs ever written, um, probably. Um, people, people voted on this, not me. Just, just, just passing on what I heard from some dude. He said this is probably one of the greatest songs ever written. Take it with a grain of sand or a grain of salt. Either way. Whatever you prefer. Yep. I'm going to move on with my day. Um, before we get into the worst scene of this film, I, I would like to, I'm a trivia guy, and I'd like to dispel some uh, widely uh, held rumors about the production of Wizard of Oz. Some people think that this is the first motion picture with sound, and that is incorrect. Uh, that honor uh, belongs to Neil Diamond's film, The Jazz Singer. Uh, the, the other one is that this is also the first color feature-length film, is also incorrect. Uh, that was Cyrano de Bergerac, starring Steve Martin. Oh, I think I may have got a typo on that one. Uh, and then um, uh, Munchkin does, in fact, hang himself in the background of one of the scenes in the woods, I believe it's with the, the Tin Woodsman. Uh, but the fun fact about that is the ghost of that munchkin went on to appear in the background of a scene in the film Three Men and a Baby. Uh, those are the only bits of trivia that I've got for this film um, <laughs> before we move on to... Uh, but actually, in all seriousness, this was my mother's favorite movie, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Not a great son. Um, also, I was not a fan of this film growing up. I think that I didn't... I still have a problem with movies where people just start singing. I, I, I'm never, I've never been a musical guy, but she loved this. She loved the movie Camelot. Um, but she also liked the movies that, that my brother and I wanted to watch, like the James Bond stuff and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, so she would let us, you know, we, 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 every once in a while, it's like, it's okay, mom, you can watch Wizard of Oz because one of the few movies that we had um, on Laserdisc, Laserdisc were very cost prohibitive. Um, so, 
occasionally it would be my mom's time to watch Wizard of Oz and we would just kind of deal with it or go play in the other room. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I, I honestly did not enjoy seeing this movie when I was a kid. I, I, I think I began to like parts of it, like the, the monkeys. When I, I really kind of grew to love the monkeys, so it was fascinating. I still love the, the, those flying monkeys. Um, but I, I, I want to say that rewatching this movie, um, as an adult, as someone rounding into middle age, I, I, I think I have a newfound appreciation for this film. I don't think this movie's overrated. Uh, the tornado scenes in the beginning are genuinely horrifying. I mean, it's in a way scarier than Twister. I think there is just something that's so, so creepier even about the the, the tornado, um, and it's just it's a, a great bit of innovation uh, in film special effects, which is kind of part for the course for this film. This film is just it's a wonder. <laughs> it's um, I wasn't looking forward to rewatching this just because it's like, ah, I've seen it, I've seen it, I, I'm good, I know. But holy cow, when Dorothy opens the door onto Oz, I started to cry. <laughs> I legitimately began to cry and um, it was great. It, it uh, holy shit, this is a great movie. <laughs> um, this movie deserves to be one of the most watched films of all time and uh, man oh man, um, what a cast. I don't think there's a slouch in the entire cast. Uh, especially the one munchkin who looks really uh, angry, uh, the, the lollipop guild. Um, that, 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 it, one of my favorite cameos in any film is probably that dude. He's awesome. So anyway, uh, yeah, I've come around. I think uh, Wizard of Oz is terrific. Uh, I still prefer the monkeys over the Beatles. But Wizard of Oz is, uh, gets an A from me on my film score that I've never introduced before this uh, podcast. <laughs> this is the, this, yeah, this is your first time introducing mm -hmm. your letter grade film score. Yeah, well, so, school's out for summer. Well, it does. It, it, deserves, <laughs> it deserves that A. I agree that it deserves the A. This was one of my favorite movies growing up maybe the movie i most associate with childhood is kind of pre-empire strikes back before i really got into star wars wizard of oz is is there and i saw it on tv every time it would come on every year and so when i was watching it now i'm very well aware of all the commercial break where all the commercial breaks would happen <laughs> right, i can't remember right. exactly the sponsor would cut the commercial and it's just that's all just Part of my part of my childhood. One of my favorite memories uh, growing up is before my mom and dad split up. When I was five, we went into the living room and set up. The Wizard of Oz was coming, going to be on that night, and we actually all spent the night in the living room together. And I had laid down a bunch of blankets, and that was that was like one of my happiest memories. Something that I think even today leads to me really enjoying feeling like people are camping out uh, together in a space. Like we're all together in this space, all uh, cozied and snuggled up in some way. Like that moment was something I wanted to happen again, but we, we never, I think I requested it, but we never just camped out in a living room ever again. So I've had this maybe longing to recreate that for, for my entire life. But 
I loved watching it. I mostly watched it with my grandparents. I was I spent most of my childhood with them, and it just was such a happy moment anytime it would come on TV. So for me, The Wizard of Oz, uh, and and watching it now, there's no I probably haven't seen it in like 15 years, mm-hmm. and watching it now, it completely holds up. There's nothing about <laughs> it that that I find disappointing now from childhood. It's still just it was still just as enjoyable. Uh, and if anything, even more awe-inspiring because it wasn't, it clearly wasn't the, like, the stupidity of childhood that led to me to believe the sort of fantasy that was being created mm-hmm. in The Wizard of Oz. It all feels very believable. You mentioned that tornado. Yeah. It's better than, that's better than any tornado in Twister. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's terrifying it, the way it looks. And it's also got a cow in it, like in Twister. Yes, it does have a cow in it, like in Twister, which I have I have in my notes. I wonder if Twister took that uh, from a, a little it to. I mean, the most it's, famous it's the tornado. most famous tornado, yeah. So that, and considering that Kansas is happening on a soundstage, it's incredible how mm-hmm. real it looks. The mm-hmm. paintings in the background that they used to decorate the set, yeah. it feels like Kansas, you're there. It feels like you're there. Yeah. The, and when the tornado was turning and they got fans blowing and knocking everybody oh. over, it feels like they're in the middle of a storm. And every time I just think about this, this is in a controlled environment. This mm-hmm. is not outside. They are not shooting on location. They built all this. It's, it makes it even more impressive. Um, it is, it's, a, it's a testament to how much more filmmakers should trust people's imaginations the painted yeah. backdrops of the Wizard uh. of Oz look so much better than most special effects. They're clearly storybook paintings for the most part, but you still, your imagination ta- wants to go down that road mm-hmm. and see what's on the other side of that hill in a way that doesn't happen in most movies, certainly doesn't happen in, in Return to Oz, which really suffers from, uh, not completely, there's plenty of places that look really cool. One place in particular uh, and Return to Oz looks really cool, but it's not, it just can, it's not capable. Whenever you see Dorothy looking off in the distance in Return to Oz, you just get this green screen effect that just mm-hmm. does not exist in this, in, with these painted sets that you have in The Wizard of Oz. So, as this is probably my favorite movie from childhood and from being a little kid, and, mm-hmm. and something that even now, again, feels very well paced. It's, yeah. it's not, it does not really drag, except in certain parts, which will be uh, coming in my worst scene. Uh, the, it doesn't really drag. It's, the songs don't go on too long. It's got good sense of humor. It feels, it truly feels magical, every like single aspect of it. So for me to choose a, a worst scene was difficult, but I nailed it down to a, a few possibilities. Uh, Before you get to that, can I just chime in? The songs do not feel too long. For when I was a kid, oh, this goes on forever. You know, I had a different take on it than you did, but gosh, they really do not overstay their welcome in this. And they are so potent. These songs, (laughs) every song is great. And that's just you saying that reminds me of I did feel like, I think when I was a kid, that the songs were the part that I felt dragged on just a little too much. And right. now I don't feel that way at all. They no, don't drag. No. They're short. They're punchy. They they move the story along. They're, and the the fun. choreography is terrific, especially the yeah. scarecrow. I mean, the scarecrow is just like 
what a virtuosic uh, physical performance that is. Yeah. 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 It's it's so good. So my least, it even even though there's the whole scene with Munchkins, it manages not mm-hmm. to be a particularly dated film. It doesn't feel there's nothing insanely racist that happens in it. There's nothing that would say, hey, this is 1939 necessarily. Um, it just it's 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 well done. So yeah. my least my least favorite scenes potentially. First, I'll go with when Dorothy is in the house. The scene with the cow going by. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the only times where the effects don't hold up. The they're clearly doing like a rear projection screen or something on the window, and the everything looks ghostly. Uh, kind of that's part of the transition of it happening i'm not right. i'm just nitpicking at it now it it stands out as this is an effect whereas mm-hmm. it, like the tornado doesn't feel that way and the the oz doesn't feel that way right so i would say there and she's just kind of watching things out the window yeah. like she's watching tv it, it's yeah it sort of kind of really forces the idea that this is all a dream on the audience it does uh, which it does. Um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to believe it's all a dream. That's that's. Yeah, it's never yeah. even occurred to me that it was just a dream. Honestly, yeah. like this is this was not a dream. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that. I feel like rewatching it. And, uh, really, they do a couple things in that sequence that to reinforce that. And uh, yeah, boo, <laughs> boo, boo to that. And so, but then at the very end of it, she opens the door on the Oz, and it is just as awe-inspiring now <laughs> as as it was. As it, it, I mean, I can't say how it was then but it certainly feels awe-inspiring even now to watch her go from the from the black and white into the color world of Oz just by opening the door they did a very good job of making that look like she was stepping there was no no transition it didn't look fake through the door it looks very very real and but so that that's kind of there after that I tried to think through I, I love Munchkin Land and all the characters there are so lovable. Yeah, the songs are good. It's mm-hmm. you could you could pick that apart because it yeah. is that offensive to have just a world of little people in the in the movie. But I don't they don't none of the it's a it's an actual society. No one is being mocked. And it's a very enjoyable scene and it takes her off on the yellow brick road, which again when she finds the yellow brick road and starts walking down it, it's where is this going to lead? And so I, could, I couldn't really choose that. Uh, every interaction where we meet the other three main characters, yep. uh, uh, that's fantastic. Um, meeting, and before that, meeting Glinda. I do, I do think about something that mm-hmm. occurred to me about this is I feel like The Wizard of Oz could arguably be a movie where Glinda uh, puts, Dor- like manipulates Dorothy to take out her rivals. Yep. Like she, Dorothy comes <laughs> and, and knocks off yeah. the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes. And then she's like, hmm, you could go home with these slippers, but let's not worry about that. I got these two people. I got this uh, wizard and I've got mm-hmm. this uh, other Wicked Witch. I think maybe uh, you could take them out for me. And so she sends her on this journey, in which, in which she does. But meeting yeah. the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion, uh, all fantastic scenes. But before they meet the Tin Man, when they meet the essentially the ints in the forest who throw the apples at them right right just very it's, it's just fun even though the those they look those trees look so terrifying but then they're so harmless because all they can do is throw apples at them 
and then they can continue on their way. Um, so then really my worst thing can't come till after they meet the wizard the first time. And when I was a kid, the part that really felt like it dragged to me was mm -hmm. once they reached the wizard and the wizard, instead of doing what they wanted, uh, sends them off on a task that mm -hmm. he doesn't expect them to complete. And, and then that part slows down. I think what you pointed out with, there used to be the song again mm -hmm. in the castle scene when Dorothy is captured, I think right. it would make that section better. Yes. It would be stronger if, if that was there. So it just kind of, when she's captured by the witch and just in the castle, it just feels like she's waiting. It just, it doesn't, mm -hmm. and when she mm -hmm. is, there's a, there's an actual hourglass coming on the time until yeah. she's going to be, until she's going to die. And so, but there's no, there's no real action happening. It's just her, Dorothy is otherwise always moving. She's always truly the protagonist. She's always driving right. the story forward. She is the hero. Also, this is a movie in which uh, the primary hero, the only people who are not uh, kind of idiots in some way are the women uh, with Dorothy mm -hmm. and Glinda the Good Witch and the Wicked Witch of the West. Everyone else is 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 not really a hero or antagonist so much as someone who's who's along for the ride, other than kind of the wizard. But either they're along for the ride or they're on the make. Yeah, exactly. So so that would be my scene. It's the it's when Dorothy is captured and just sitting in the mm -hmm. in the room locked up, waiting for something to happen. And we don't really get a great moment from her, which could have been solved by actually having yeah. the song sang there again. God, I wonder if that exists, like that, that footage of her crying while oh, yeah. singing that song. I mean, Jesus, I would love to see that. It's, uh, it's a, I can say it again, it's a great song. It's a great song. And yeah, I, I also, so, so that's your, all right, it's a, it's a good pick. Um, I also couldn't pick anything in Munchkin Land, mainly because my favorite thing in the entire film, I think, happens in Munchkin Land, and that's when the coroner, <laughs> reads out the death certificate of the Wicked Witch. <laughs> I, I, it's just so grim and uh, funny. I, I just, I, I love a coroner in a musical. I, uh, so I've always said that. Um, by always, I mean just today. Uh, but yeah, but this, is, this is time began only 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, and we'll end yeah. in 20 minutes, so. What's kind of fascinating is that I really thought it was a longer buildup to, to, for them to get to the Emerald City. And it's a little over halfway through the movie that they get there. Yeah. Or, you know, there's still a good chunk. There's like 40-ish minutes or once they get there. And I don't know that any of the stuff after they get to the Emerald City, uh, except for the, the horse of, uh, yeah, the, the, no, the horse, horse of a different color. Colors. That was so great. Apparently, that was Jello. That was just like Jello powder that they rubbed on the horses, so they had to shoot it quick because the horses wanted to like lick the the That's Jello great. off. I'm so glad um, that wasn't like some sort of like silver piece. Yeah, yeah, killed yeah. the horse three months right. later. Right. So um, maybe it's time to talk about things that kill people that were used in this movie. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Why don't you so, take over and talk a bit about about some of that? Yeah, uh, the original um, Tin Man or Tin Woods Man, depending on how much of a, a Baumhead you are, um, uh, was Buddy Epson. 
with Buddy Abson was cast as the Tin Man, and he was violently allergic to the aluminum powder that they were using to make him silver. That's great. Aluminum powder is um, is rough stuff. I, I I was in a play in high school. We had to use this aluminum based hair this like hair coloring. I had to gray. I, I had I was playing an old man, so they had to gray my hair, and um, it noticeably and permanently changed my hair. <laughs> I don't know if it was just going to happen anyway, but like my hair uh, from that point on was 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 thinner, and um, and I don't think I was very good in the play either. So I don't know if it was worth it. Uh, so uh, hurrah! And um, let's see what else. Well, uh, actually, what I'm I'm trying to figure out if this is my pick. So. I thought about picking the scene where they go into the poppy field mm. and then are revived by snow. Uh, fun fact, that snow was asbestos. <laughs> They're just sprinkling asbestos on the entire fucking cast and crew. Uh, and that sucks because uh, asbestos, asbestos is really bad. Um, my thought, I actually didn't remember that scene at all when I was, from when I was a kid, but I, I was a little confused. It's like, is it that the asbestos, sorry, the snow works because it's water and water works against the, uh, the witch's magic? Is that, is that the, the logic? Yeah, I, I don't it know. must be the logic. Maybe it's cold and it Something. snaps you, snaps you away. Oh, right, say, right. My issue with the poppies is that they, they truly seem to stretch out forever. Mm -hmm. Like the witch made these poppies yeah. appear and they, they're yeah. off into the distance. She was not, she was not, judicious mm -hmm. in her application of poppies mm -hmm. uh, to that area. She just doesn't grow. <laughs> well, you know, uh, they do grow. They, they, uh, they are wild uh, things. So I'm not That's totally sure. What, I'm not totally sure what my pick is. I, I, I do think, like a lot of movies, the third act feels rushed. Um, yes. So... Oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I feel comfortable picking this scene. But I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it because the poppies is it's sort of a throwaway scene. If you lost that yeah. scene, you don't lose anything else in the movie. It's, it's. Um, uh, all right, so here's here's my coin flip. Uh, my my other pick is the wrap up in Oz when the wizard takes off in the balloon, and then it's like, well, you just click your heels and go home. It just feels like. It's a real quick wrap up. It's like, well, all right, where do we go? We got to get this done within the next five minutes. What's, well, let's just do this. Because the Ruby Slippers were not in the original books, uh, as I've been told by some dude. Um, so I don't you get know. a lot of information from, from this dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, he's available. So, um, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll just I'll be nice. I'll pick the poppy field because there's enough. There's enough good stuff in the 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 wrap up. Um, but also, yeah, no, you know, no, forget that. In the wrap up, like it was like, oh my god, she missed the balloon. How is she gonna get back? It was the first time I ever felt that actual yeah. fear. Like, wait a minute, is this it? <laughs> Does she just never get to go back? Okay, so that yeah, that amount. No, 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 it's a great ending. It, it instills children with fear. Uh, which we'll be talking about uh, quite a bit more very soon. Um, so yeah, the, the poppy field is my pick. So, so the go. poppy field is your pick. Yes, yeah. very good, very good. Yeah, I. 
it's you pointing out that the end scene feels a little rushed. Mm -hmm. uh, I think all of the sort of primary kind of endings feel rushed. When yeah. I, they felt more dramatic when I was little. When Dorothy throws the water on the witch on accident, it just kind of, she barely even flicks the water. And I, that's yeah. part of the point, I think, is that she now accidentally killed two witches. But there's right. not, there's no drama behind her with that bucket. She just kind of barely pushes it, and then the witch is melted. It's like there's no, there's no lingering. She's just gone. Right. And then right. whenever it's, they go back to the, oh, go say what you're going to say. No, it's almost a deus ex machina, twice. Yes. And then they go back to meet the wizard and say, hey, we killed the witch, so you know, give us our shit. And then when they discover he's behind the, behind the curtain. Yeah. Again, there's not as much drama there. He very quickly, being a good con man, he very quickly turns it around and has a bunch of shit in the bag that he can hand out. And, yeah. but there's no, there's a real lack of drama to it. It just kind of happens really fast. Like, here's your thing. Here's your yeah. thing. Here's your thing. And also, you know what? Let's go back to Kansas. I don't want to be here. And that's the, <laughs> and that's, right. and he's done. Now that's nitpicking. I don't actually feel that bad about it. It just, if you really want to focus on it, those things go by. Those things go by pretty quickly. And then, as you noted, when he gets in the balloon, he's kind of, you know, Toto, who's been so, such a good dog throughout the entire movie. And oh, then, but we then get a call back to when he jumped out of the, mm -hmm. the basket in, in the bike and he jumps out of the basket here to go chase a cat. And and then Dorothy gets out and then the balloon flies off and then okay you can just click your heels together. Sorry I didn't tell you that earlier. Right, right. And right. Uh, and and bye. But you know, but now that you've done my bidding and there's now no yeah. more power structure here and I am the apex uh, predator yes. as 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 Glinda goes on to become. Um, <laughs> as Glinda um, then takes over and rules Oz for yeah. for a thousand generations, uh, thanks to the removal of her of her enemies. Yes. And we never hear about the good witch um, of the South. And that's because she'd already been taken care of. God damn it. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. I think we should maybe move on to our second movie. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, oh, you know, actually, one thing I did want to point out is that everybody on the farm in Kansas appears to be from Queens as do most characters in this movie. They appear to be either from Queens or have that really weird, uh, that mid-Atlantic dialect. It's, it's terrific. It is just, it really is. it's like, oh, Kansas farm and just like a bunch of fucking dudes from the Bronx hanging out. Uh, it's great. I love it, it really it's, is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> For some reason that gives it more of a depression era feel to me that all these people are talking right. like from the Bronx. Right, right. Cause they're all just, yeah, maybe they're just, uh, there's, you know, hoboing around and getting uh getting work on farms yeah um cool uh I, i'm good to move on let's let's go what's what's uh what's up next let's talk now about return to oz a movie that oh, yeah. definitely suffers from its uh, comparisons to the wizard of oz the what's what's interesting is that so it's it's made by walter Murch. Uh, a fairly well-known sound and film editor. It's the only movie he's ever directed, which should tell you something about uh, his experience making Return to Oz and how it was received when it came out. Uh, he, the things that he's most famous for editing, he was the film and sound editor on The Conversation and on Apocalypse Now. Jesus. Uh, he was the sound editor on Godfather. He was in school at USC with Lucas, where they made THX 1138 together. He co-wrote it. 
and did the sound for that. Uh, he he was the English patient film editor, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, uh, Cold Mountain. Oh, a lot of famous movies. That, so that a fairly a fairly mediocre body of work. Yeah, uh, yeah just, uh, just a basic basic workmanlike guy. Never really done anything that stood out, but yeah. has managed to uh, stay employed. He's managed to, to get some jobs. He he has. <laughs> yeah. But other than other than directing Return to Oz, the only other thing he's directed was a 2011 episode of the Clone Wars animated series. Wow. Which no other I direction. From the three episodes of that show I've seen, seems good. Yeah, that's uh, like one of the better Star Wars things that have come out. So, so anyway, this did when he got the opportunity to make a movie, he was taken in to talk to Disney, not Walt Disney himself, obviously he was dead, mm-hmm. but to talk to Disney executives about what he would like to make. And he said, I want to make a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Now that's really going for it. For your first movie that you want to direct, I want to make a sequel to The Wizard of Oz and write it as well. And at that, the Disney executives' ears perked up because they owned the rights to all the Oz books other than The Wizard of Oz. And they were about to lose the rights to them and they needed to do something with them. And so, hey, here was their opportunity. We'll make this movie. Uh, Return to Oz, which is based on, which combines two of the Oz books, uh, Ozma of Oz, and I should have wrote the other one down, but you get the idea. It was two of them. So it takes characters from Ozma of Oz and takes the story from the from the other one. And Dorothy is not in the, Dorothy's only in one of them. The characters are really only one of them in the story is in, is in the other. So right off the bat, he wants to make this and make some interesting choices. It's kind of like, it's interesting because The Wizard of Oz, the movie, is obviously not like the book, other than the fact that there's a wizard and Dorothy falls the Yellow Brick Road. It has songs in it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a clearly a studio production. Uh, it's, it's, it's big in a way that the, that the book is not. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's kind, of, kind of like The less... Shining. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's the, it's, it's like The Shining. Like, it, Go, sorry, sorry. Oh no, no, you say what you want. No, it's like The Shining. If The Shining was like that um, uh, romantic comedy um, fake trailer. Because like, because these, yeah, these books are dark. <laughs> they are very dark. Return to Oz is much more uh, fitting to the book's tone than The Wizard of Oz is. But The Wizard of Oz is kind of like. Uh, the Shining movie in so much as that it takes the bones of the story and makes changes mm-hmm. to it. And then it would be like coming along and making a sequel to The Shining of the movie and not acknowledging it and only making it based on the book. Because the really the, the tone and the feeling of Return to Oz fits the actual book series but does not feel like a direct sequel to The Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. Starting Specifically because you no longer have a 17-year-old uh, Dorothy. Now you have a 9-year-old Dorothy. Um, very different. You're no longer in the Depression era. You're now in, in the late 1800s, uh, about to become 1900. You, you're in the actual settings of the books itself instead of matching the, the tone of the movie, which I'm sure had to hurt it when it came out, because if you're expecting this friendly grand uh story to take you back to the world that you know a lot more people have seen the wizard of oz and have read the oz series and then you come here and what you have is this very dark and often terrifying 
movie that also <laughs> suffers from, even though it had a fairly big budget of, of, 20, of $25 million, it could not be as big as the producer, Gary Kurtz, wanted it to be. Gary Kurtz produced Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And the initial idea was to do like Star Wars, to go and travel around, go to Algiers, do a lot of location shoots that captured the magic of of the of Oz, like recreate it. But they couldn't do that, so instead they had to film it all in England. It was too high of a budget. Uh, too many of the other Disney live action films had recently gone way over budget. They didn't want to do that again. They wouldn't allow it, and so they had to shoot everything in England and use green screen and sort of English countryside and forests to create it. And again, that really suffers uh, in comparison to the sort of magical feeling World of Oz. However, since it's supposed to be a ruined World of Oz, uh, that kind of does does fit it. So it came out, it was, it was panned. It had some good reviews, but again, it, had it not been for The Wizard of Oz, it may have been received better, but it is genuinely horrifying. Uh, I had mm -hmm. I saw it when I was a kid and had not seen it since then. And when the wheelers first come on, that is genuinely scary. It's when they have their face on, you just see their masks and they the way their voices are, that that's kind of terrifying. And then later to when you go into the princess uh, Princess Mumby's uh, throne oh, room and castle. Boy. Oh my god, that's like something out of like oh. an Italian horror film. It is horrific in there, and it's one. Of, it's probably the only set that uh, captures uh, something on the level of the Wizard of Oz in terms of the feeling of magic. Even though it's a horrifying, like deathly magic, it still feels incredible inside inside that space. Uh, but it didn't make much money. It went over budget and cost $28 million, even though they filmed the whole thing in England. Uh, and it made about $50 million at the box office. And only recently, as you know to George, has it begun to get a cult, a sort of cult following again. Anyway, that's my introduction. What is your favorite scene in, in Return to Oz? Um, boy, I, I had a few. Uh, yeah, I... I I would like to first off agree with you. I mean, this is a film that's really filled with menace and horror. Yes. Um, there's almost no whimsy. Um, it is a massive tonal shift from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also like having an actual little girl playing Dorothy um, really ups the stakes. And it's um, yeah, it's a it's a rough watch. Uh, the Wheelers terrified me when I was a kid. I loved this when I first saw this though. I loved it because there were no songs. And it was really a weird and creepy movie. And so I, I kind of dug that. Watching it again, I think there is a, a lack of balance, I think, um, that yeah, definitely hinders. Uh, I like it. I, I, I own this on DVD. Um, but yeah, boy, there's... Uh, some horrifying stuff. Even even the, the the desert, the thing where you can't step on the desert or else you get turned just sand. You Jesus, uh, boy. The the I say it again. The Wheelers. Um, it's kind of like a proto Cirque du Soleil kind of troupe there. Um, sort of similar yeah. between Blue Man Group and Cirque du Soleil, I would say. Uh, I like it if you gave wheels and masks to the like kids from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of droogs. Um, yeah. And also um, 
she's about to get electroshock therapy in the beginning, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, yeah, that's beautiful. Man, that stuff, though, was truly horrifying. Uh, the stuff in the mental institution in the beginning is some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen in a children's movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, yeah, that uh, that was a bit dreadful to watch. Um, and I believe that's not something in any of the Oz books. It's something that, that Merch added mm-hmm. because he wanted to... The one thing that he did do to mimic the original Wizard of Oz where they wanted to have characters that were yeah. in the real world who yeah. also then later appeared uh, in Oz. Yeah, and uh, I get it. <laughs> but it's really, that's really rough. Um, pardon me, to kill the moth. Sorry, moth. Rest in peace. And with that, we carry on. Uh, sorry, look, I'm in my bedroom. I can't have a moth in here. It's just gonna eat clothes. Uh, Eat your whole bit. Yeah, I'm drinking a, a raisin glass. Um, so I'll just get to my pick. Um, I really, it, it was kind of easy. I think if I was to pick a scene, as we're supposed to do, it would be near the end when um, all of Dorothy's gang are supposed to pick an item that they think is the. Uh, they touch an item and either the, the people come back to life or they become a item themselves. Weird. Um, I can talk about that because our president does. Um, so I think there's a moment where TikTok pretends to wind down. And I think TikTok is the one element of wonder in this movie. I think that the, um, really is. Uh, uh, the pumpkin homie is pretty cool. Uh, I like the, the um, the moose sofa is pretty cool, but TikTok really is, I think, the heart of this movie. Um, so when TikTok pretends to wind down uh, so that Dorothy will come and will hatch his plan to her, um, I thought that was really actually the sweetest moment in this movie. Um, the the closest thing to like a real fulfilling emotional connection. Um, it was. It was uh, Wizard of Oz-esque, I think. It was. I think that was very, very close to that. Because um, everything else is, boy, it's harsh. And it's a bit shrill. And yeah, man, boy, so many separate heads. It's just, what a crazy film. What a crazy, I think it's G-rated movie. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the horror made it uh, PG. But, but yeah, that's my pick is TikTok. But let me tell you my, my secondary pick is every single thing with the Gnome King or his uh, minions, that's uh, Will Vinton's claymation. Like, Will Vinton is, was, um, you know, second only to Ray Harryhausen. I think that um, I love the California Raisins. It's a real special place in my heart for them. I, I own their, uh, their cassette, um, both of their cassettes. But he also did like the, the, the Forgotten Show of the PJs, and he did the dinosaurs uh, thing with Fred Savage. Will Vinton, Will Vinton's claymation was um, just the best. And uh, so it was so cool to see it done in such a, uh, I don't know, it's just the way that the rocks, when the rocks are, are talking to the Gnome King, it's so cool. Like it just looks so cool. Um, it's also very similar to Tim Curry's uh, work in Legend, 
and it made me want to watch Legend. Um, also not a great movie, also heavily dark, but um, but yeah, so that's my number two, is everything that Will Vinton did in this movie, which is totally stupendous. Um, great, great work. Yeah, I completely agree. Everything with the Gnome King and, and his minions is great. The, especially as the Gnome King starts to mm-hmm. become more human before he before the actor is there. Uh, the just the way it slowly changes and the way he moves. It's that's that's some that's some of the effects work. That stuff fits within is at the level of quality that the original Wizard of Oz was uh, was in. So that's your that's your best. But I agree. Yeah, TikTok. but but I also I also yeah I think the, the TikTok pretending to wind down. I I, I, I think this film also while. The sets are probably similar in size to what they used for the Wizard of Oz. Like even when you watch some stuff where they're off to see the Wizard, it's not a huge room, but you've got those. It's just, it's like what you do with the space. Um, yeah. um, Return of Oz feels claustrophobic from start to finish, yeah, even when they're outdoors. I would like to give a special shout out to the box lunch tree. I love that. I really love that. Uh, that was a nice thing. That was the thing. That was like, oh, that's cool, and um, yeah, there's not a lot of like really sweet things in the movie. And that's one of them. So. That was one of them. That and and TikTok is uh, TikTok is a, man, is a great Golly gear. Yeah, great Apparently design made out of the too. Same metal as C3PO. Once he's polished up, they're roughly the same color. Hmm. Um, so this is a look. So then this is a prequel. Yeah, this is a yeah, this is a prequel no, to it's the uh, best, Star Wars. It's, it's the well, and this is the best Star Wars prequel ever made. Absolutely, good job, Gary Kurtz, on uh, producing another uh, fairly good Star Wars thing. But yeah, I my favorite scene in this. I mean, you called out TikTok mm-hmm. when she first meets TikTok. That's when I I, I do feel that sense of wonder. As yes. like the way like the way the spider webs have covered TikToks, you're right. Trolls, I, I really feel there's a sense of hope there because she's just escaped from the Wheelers, <sighs> and now here's this uh, here's this cute um, mustachioed uh, <laughs> copper robot that you can wind up to. You have to have different different controls for thinking, and for talking, uh, and for moving, which leads to. Like feels like a classic sort of script joke to have. Mm-hmm. Like later, when one of the characters said, "How could he his his mind ran down?" But he was still talking. And Cal's outside. Doesn't that happen with a lot of people? That happens right. with a lot of people. I think. And I think Dorothy gives that joke as a nine year old. Really sharp. Right. Although there's <laughs> also there is a joke in the um, Wizard of Oz where the scarecrow. I think she, something about that he can speak but doesn't have a brain. He's like. Oh God! I wrote. Again, Dorothy somewhere. does. A, yeah, that's. Uh, and then the the, 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 scare, the scarecrow says, uh, "Well, haven't you noticed that uh, uh, a good number of people uh, without a mind speak or something?" He teaches, yeah, yeah. It's it's he a so the same. It's a callback. It's a callback. Yes, yes. It's a callback um, to 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 today. Speaking of something horrifying, and oh. and to Oz, the yes. scarecrow, <laughs> the scarecrow. It's a horrific figure when when he reappears. I, originally, they were going to do his mask oh, so that it could be like it could actually be articulated and could he could mm-hmm. appear to speak and to move. But instead, they didn't have the budget for that, and 
They just oh, had to do different masks and different facial expressions. And and so you did, he just has this one blank look. And then the way the guy playing the scarecrow moves his hands, he doesn't really, he's not all akimbo with his yeah. arms. Uh, he's instead just like constantly like doing his fingers, uh, just a very creepy way that he's more like a, if a, a, he looks more like a raggedy Andy doll that, mm-hmm. That had murdered somebody. I was, yes. That's that's how yes. the scarecrow feels. The scarecrow does not feel like a good ruler of Oz. Uh, he in, yeah. in in this case. Whereas the the Tin Man, I think mm-hmm. they're all meant to look more like illustrations from the book. The exactly. Tin Man, exactly. The Tin Man still looks magical and cute with the way he's designed. The Cowardly Lion is more just like a lion. It's more uh, bizarre. Uh, yeah, but the scarecrow is is the stuff of nightmares. That scarecrow is truly the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. I, uh, Nisha wanted to point out that, that that's the, the design of those characters is is the worst thing about this movie. Yeah, but uh, we're not. Yeah. But we're not talking about the worst thing. We're talking we're about the best thing. <laughs> and so I, I I really like the work with the with the gnome king. I mm-hmm. I but what I like most of all, and it actually compares to my worst yeah. scene in in the Wizard of Oz is Dorothy and Princess Mombi's um, palace. Uh, the, when she first walks into mm. that throne room, it oh. is her a genuinely, I'm genuinely terrified for her. This is not yeah. a place where good things happen, which is why it's weird later when this is also the throne room for, mm-hmm. for like actual Oz, is yeah. this horrific mirrored room. It felt more like a place that Princess Mombi had designed yeah. uh, to be a, a, like a hall of horror. And so, but then she captures Dorothy and throws her in a room, but Dorothy doesn't just wait there. Dorothy is immediately trying to think of mm-hmm. a plan of escape. And she's the one that goes and does the most dangerous thing while leaving everybody else to do the, like, plan their escape. So I, like, my, for me, my least favorite part of The Wizard of Oz is is improved upon a bit. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of Return to Oz, because that, room is that it's truly scary yeah uh, especially think of a child walking through there with like a little wind-up soldier yes. uh, and then to encounter <laughs> those severed heads uh which are all horrific and then when you see princess mombi get up without her head and just stumble around yes she's sleeping oh. without her head on that is a scary a scary thing and all the heads are screaming yeah. at dorothy I it's that whole sequence from the from the moment she walks in there until the moment they escape uh, is is my favorite scene in Return to Oz. I, uh, I the when when TikTok I was surprised when I was because the movie in some ways is not all that creative in a lot of parts in terms of the writing when TikTok actually did trick the Gnome King by pretending to wind down and talk to Dorothy. I really enjoyed that scene too because it was yeah it was it it. It, it made TikTok that much more of a likable character. Yeah. So if only it didn't involve bringing back uh, the horrific scarecrow uh, sure. to to <laughs> haunt everyone's nightmares, then it would be a better yeah. scene for me. I mean, right? your pick your pick is rife with nightmares too. So I'm just uh, yeah. I mean, no, I mean there's it's... there's really no way to to go five minutes in this movie without a nightmare. Um, it really isn't. I mean, the situation she's in, and then. Almost drowning, and then yeah. this is like dealers. Texas. This is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for you know preschoolers. It's uh, it's yeah. like that level of like being confronted with horrifying shit at every turn. 
That's a, that is a good way to describe it. Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre for preschoolers, which is why it did. <laughs> as you know, it was not G-rated. It was PG mm. uh, for, for I'm sure, the horrific Sustained horrific imagery. Yes, that's maybe that's what it says on iTunes. If we see why it's PG, <laughs> it just says sustained horrific imagery uh, for the reason for the rating. So that's my that's my favorite scene. I I enjoyed it uh, a lot, and other than the rest of the movie kind of pales in comparison, other than mm-hmm. a few small parts to me. Yeah, I mean there's there is some great work. Um, there's some really great visual stuff in Return to Oz. It's just it's sort of unfortunate that it's lumped in with Wizard of Oz. I think that like <laughs> had someone like gone back and actually done a faithful Wizard of Oz, this yeah. would not have been such a jarring shift. You know, they had to pay uh, MGM because the Ruby Slippers are not in the book. That was an MGM invention. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So they did like that was like a big chunk of the budget was paying that off. Um, God, yeah. Okay, so then who wins? What's the what's the winner here? So. I, so my picks are the poppy field, and then TikTok, uh, tricking the gnome king. Oh man, I, 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 I sometimes when I do this, like I know what I want to win, and um, I think that uh, of those two, the one that I feel the best about is the one in Return to Oz because it was like one little bit of hope, one little bit of. Um, it was it was both somber but also sweet. So I think that I'll take TikTok uh, trying to trick the gnome king over okay. the poppy field. Yeah, this is really this is a hard choice for me. That yeah. I, as I'm speaking, I haven't made yet because yeah. I was having to nitpick the Wizard of Oz to choose that as a bad scene. Uh, but we're talking about yeah, two scenes that mirror each a, other that's, again. That's an answer, though. I think. Yeah, it's it's a they mirror each other and one and yet I've chosen as the one I've chosen the Return of the Oz one as my good scene versus the Wizard of Oz as my bad scene, which I think you're right is the answer since they're so easily paralleled uh, to mm-hmm. each other and it kind of makes up for the, the the kind of weakness of that scene with Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Uh, I would probably have to go with Return to Oz and say Princess Mavi's palace. Uh, is my is a better scene than Dorothy's time in the Wicked Witch's castle. I would agree with this. I would agree with this. I think that the, the, the castle, again, like everything in the third act, or like from the end of the second act through the third, feels rushed. It's yeah. like where I feel like, like ah, I want a little bit more, a little bit more. Like, again, had Dorothy sung that song? Yep. No way. There's just no way. This just blows everything else out of the water. Um, like even if it was just a couple bars of the song, like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, if she just started singing it and started crying and yeah. had to stop, yeah. that that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then like you pan up and there's like a, a sad, you know, flying monkey watching her through the bars. And, <laughs> if only. Um, but I think that like uh, what what you've done here is a kindness to return to Oz. I think. Um, yeah, I, but I agree with you. Uh, as it stands, as the, the, the versions that, that are available, um, the, the Mummy's Palace is really a terrifying and terrific set piece. Um, it's not very fun, but... No. It's got a fun ending, but it's just, geez, Louise, that's a... 
Yeah, even the so it's fine. yeah, the other two characters with the mm-hmm. with like Jack Pumpkinhead, yeah, and the couch with the mm-hmm. moose head, both couch moose head. Both, both. True, true. Especially because they 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 continue to lose their heads. There's a lot about like losing your head. There is. Um, it's almost like we should end this episode with uh, the Queen song "Don't Lose Your Head" from the Highlander soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Highlander maybe we should do sometime. We should do. That's that. That's what straddles both sides of it. Um, It does. Yeah, yeah. Return to Oz doesn't again, it's a better movie in a world where the Wizard Mm -hmm. of Oz doesn't exist it would be, like I was kind of saying earlier, it would be like if Doctor Sleep Mm -hmm. had been made which of course was not that well received but if they made Doctor Sleep and did not acknowledge the Stanley Kubrick uh, shining at all and just made it based on the books then it's just not you can't do that, you can't you, yeah, you, you have to connect them, and I think I don't envy Mike Flanagan uh, making Doctor Sleep. I, I I've read the book, I enjoyed it. I saw the movie, I enjoyed it. I think like so, yeah. So I think Return to Oz is, is squarely in this, although it definitely hews closer to the books. Um, man, I feel like this is one like Eisner took over Disney and just didn't want to promote. Um, I was excited to see this, but um, it's really got dumped, just kind of dumped yeah. in theaters. So, uh, but it's worth seeing. It's really a fascinating film. I, I don't envy any. I, it's amazing to me that Birch immediately wanted to go so big. Mm-hmm. So you got your chance to direct a movie. What do you want to make? Let me make a. Let me make a sequel to the one of the most beloved movies of all yeah. time it would be like someone walking in it would be like if none of the star wars movies had been made like mm-hmm. none of the like after return of the jedi and then 20 years from now someone went in to a studio and said and someone's like what do you want to make they're like i want to make a direct sequel to return of the jedi right. but i want right. to have it star someone younger than mark hamill when star wars started but i still want it to be a sequel to it it's a yeah. it's 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 a quite an undertaking that is going to have a lot of expectations that, um, barring achieving perfection, you are not going to reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big swing. Um, golly, um, I am bummed that Merch didn't make any other features because it would have been fascinating to see what else he could do. Yeah, I think you know, the other thing is like by this point. Um, Coppola's studio was about to go bankrupt, so he couldn't do something with Francis. And uh, golly, yeah, uh, I, I I can't not recommend it. I think you should see Return to Oz. It's a really fascinating film. Um, if you haven't seen it already, uh, it's, yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> it's not a movie to avoid. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting that Disney owns Oz, so there have been several other Oz films since this. Um, I believe I know one of the directors of one of the other Oz films, but um, that's for another time. Yeah, all right, so weird. So Return to Oz wins. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I f- the best you know, scene in Return to Oz. It's, 
again, coming into this, Return to Oz was my favorite of these two. Like, I really loved the movie. I really loved, like as a kid, no songs. Uh, and and but now, you know, at my ripe old age, I I feel a little uh, I don't know, <laughs> a little bummed out that Return to Oz is winning. Um, but at the same time, Return to Oz didn't make very much money in the box office. Um, so good job, Return to Oz. Yeah, Return to Oz, you did it. Yeah, you finally you finally made a great achievement yeah. here. Yeah, and, and help, and you know, like, like kind of kicked off uh, Faruza Balk's career, which is terrific. And um, True. And really set a tone for her career. She's pretty yeah, much actually, always... actually, pretty intense. Even, yeah, like, yeah. even in, like, things to do never when you're dead, she's still, like, the intense, yeah. Yeah. And she could be, she could be related to Judy Garland in some way. They, they do look similar. Um, not quite the same. What I, as I was watching this, what I just, what I felt like I wanted was for there to be a direct sequel starring Liza Minnelli oh living boy. in a Manhattan apartment and then going <laughs> back to Oz. That's what uh-huh. that's what I wanted. Like she yeah. left Kansas after the depression, after World War II, moved to New York, yeah, and then returns to Oz as an adult. Would she go to Oz with her uh, very short or diminutive uh, drunk uh, English husband who often Absolutely. wears a top hat? That <laughs> <laughs> would be a perfect film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli, The Land of Oz. What, what yeah. else do you need? They just go, and everything's fine. They go back and yeah. everything's great. They just hang out in restaurants, go to, mm-hmm. go to some Emerald City bars, maybe right. Uh, right. just go back to Munchkinland, hang out. <laughs> she's a star there people love her they want to they want to hang out with her and we just, just mean, it's a, they just they just have a great time that's, that would be great that would be great that's the, um, that's the return to us that i want wow yeah i would uh i would pay a lot of money to see that um we should maybe invent that time machine after all just for that maybe, one purpose maybe if walt disney studios ever brings us into a room and it's like what What's the movie you want to make? That's what we pitch them right yep, now. Yeah, but we've got to get. Uh, who do we get to play um, the yeah, Dudley Moore part? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, right. that's the question. So we 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 let them, or we ask them to let us use their time machine because they've got one. Oh, they absolutely um, have one. That's so there you go. They would let us use their time machine, and then we would make the movie twenty years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, and it would be in everybody's memories at that point. And yeah, yeah. We just and we make sure that we make it because we've never seen it. And we just have to like when we go back in time to make the movie, we just have to make sure we don't step on any butterflies, uh, so right. we don't uh, jeopardize the future. Exactly. And um, boom, we've got it. It's it's better than Arthur Two on the Rocks. Uh, we're making um, Return to Oz Two on the Rocks. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It it, it can, and it could live in both universes. It could live yeah. in both the Arthur universe and in the Oz universe. To quote the bard, it writes itself. Uh, it does. Uh, so since we chose, both chose yeah. uh, the same thing, and that same thing was uh, yes. the, that the worst, that the best scene in the bad movie was better than the worst scene in the good movie. That yeah, means well, that we win a prize uh, yep, yep, as a listener. Yep. And, I mean, uh, I don't win a prize, I'm not a listener. No, but you do. But, but, yes, do so, but listeners. Yeah, the, the, the listeners, um, and so keeping with the theme of the uh, the Emerald City, uh, that's right. 
you're going to win a green milkshake, a St. Patty's Day milkshake, at any participating Taco Bell. And, Absolutely, uh, folks. You may have to wait until next St. Patty's Day uh, when Taco Bell does its big St. Patty's Day rollout, uh, which they're famous for. The only thing they're famous for. Uh, but the, still, I mean, that is the thing that people love them for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you just walk in and say, I want my worst scene milkshake, please. Make sure you say please, because uh, this is an increasingly rude and hostile and toxic world. So um, let's just be nice, folks. Um, and then they'll give it to you. Uh, actually, Richard, are there any, um, what's the catch? No catch. Mm. Go in, ask for your oh milkshake. Your... Now, the, of course, the one catch might be that they might not have them. Uh, sure. But we fully expect them to have yeah. them. Folks, you may or may not be aware of this, but I live backwards through time. I hmm. don't actually live forwards. To me, uh, yesterday is my tomorrow. So I, I'm aware of the, of the great shamrock shake. Oh, um, yeah. Like a rollout, as George mentioned, that, that, that they'll be doing next year. And you just have oh, to go see, I didn't, I didn't know they were going to brand it the shamrock shake. That's how far <laughs> ahead. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That absolutely. sounds good. No, it's I want a great. shamrock shake. Yeah, so see, that's, you, you've got it. So, so no catch. They may not be participating. As all, that is the catch, actually, is that we don't know which of these, which of, you know, these, these companies are run by franchisees. Yes. Some of them who do not respect us, do mm -hmm. not respect our contract. Uh, Maybe they, did, they didn't put in a big enough order for Shamrock Shakes. Exactly. Uh, like, so they oh. can get them away for free. Yeah. But maybe you, it's possible. This is, there's no guarantee. Um, that's, we got to put that. There's no guarantee. Yeah. There's never a guarantee that any of these prizes will work out. But if you go in and you scream yep. uh, in your best Irish accent, uh, give me that Shamrock Shake. Very please. common thing to say in Ireland. Say please. Say please. You got to be polite, but scream it. Yep. Then, uh, if they're participating, they will they will hand you one for free, yeah. or and for month, depending on the situation. If, if they are out of them, please email gimme dat shamrock shake dash worst scene at yumbrands.com. Yes, absolutely. And if you're interested, folks, I've been seeing this Facebook ad recently. It's a separate from Shamrock Shakes. Uh, the CEO of Yum Brands is doing a talk online in which he will tell you about how to succeed as a leader. I don't know why that's being pushed to me on Facebook, but uh, he's, he says in it, he's like, I had to, I had to read the entire advertisement because like, oh, the CEO of Yum Brands, finally, this is the man who, I assume it's, it's not Colonel Sanders, so it must mm -hmm. be the person who invented Taco Bell or Pepsi, but uh, he's like, he explains what it's like to build uh, such an incredible company and how to become a leader yourself. So look for that Facebook ad. Wow. Like, no doubt his insights of how to take a $32 billion company to a $32.5 billion company is something you will absolutely want to learn and hear for your own life so that you can become a CEO as well. I'm wondering if you're getting that because you are a fan of the uh, hit show. Um, what's that one about? Oh, the, uh, the Doughboys. Oh yeah, maybe maybe it's because I maybe because I follow the Doughboys. Like people who, who like Doughboys yeah. will yeah. enjoy the insights of the young man <laughs> CEO. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense from like an algorithm standpoint. So I, I yeah, yeah. Exactly what's happening? Well, I'm all about the algs. You know what I mean? I'm all uh, about the algs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
So I guess that's that's our episode. That's we, our episode we, done. We went right through it. It was we we get all our marks. Uh, we said all the words we needed to say. Unless you have some closing remarks, George. No, no. Uh, far less dicking around than previous episodes. Uh, maybe it's because we've got no guest hosts. Um, but you know what? This is a very special episode because it's just us, the the two guys who um, sat down and devised a way to do a podcast together. You know the first two people to ever do a podcast together. So yeah, before Jones. that, it was only one person who would, yep. who would yep. do a podcast. That's why Mark Maron got so big, because it was just him yeah. Uh, yeah. interviewing people and talking. But to have two people, to have co-hosts, two. That's, uh, that's something that we created. And uh, we, of course, copyrighted, but we allow, mm-hmm. we, get, we, get a, we get a fair licensing fee. Yeah. We're no patent trolls. We're full-time not. hosts. No, no, absolutely. So, if, if you've got a small podcast, we're not coming after you. No way. Only, it's like big big shows tend to give us uh, give us respect by by giving us a little cut of yeah. those profits, but we're not going to go after anybody. No, no. If you're hosted by Yum Brands, we might, but that's yeah, it. Exactly. That's it. That's the only situation. Uh, all right. Well, I think that we've uh, I think we've done it, and um, we can safely. Uh, tie a yellow ribbon round this old oak tree. Oh, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. And here he is, the wizard of Oz, if ever a wizard there was. If ever, oh, ever a wizard there was, the wizard of Oz was one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does.